All right, everybody, welcome to the second episode of the Expedition One podcast. Today, I have my good friend Tyler Quinn on. Uh, Tyler has been in the competitive rock crawling world for many, many years, a competitive off-road world. Um, he is a Jeep enthusiast and off-road enthusiast, has been since he was a young man. He's still a nice a young man. a long time ago. But yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, but he's on our show today, and we're going to be talking about a lot of fun subjects. Um, welcome to the show, Tyler. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate you guys having me here. Um, it's always an honor to hang out with friends and uh, be part of this, so thank mm-hmm. you. Thanks for driving all the way up. Uh, so, not bad. I do yeah. it all the time. <laughs> yeah, yes, you do. Uh, so a little background on Tyler is um, Tyler does real estate right now, right? I do. All sorts of different real estate ventures and everything like that, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, he also has been, and I'm sure he will be if anyone asks him, uh, a competitive rock crawler. Mostly co-driving, mostly spotting, mostly assess- assisting. Yep. But um, have you have you driven? I in did. Many competitions. Uh, I did. Yeah, yeah. When Clay, I, I was with Clay Egan for most. Um, in fact, all my career except for one race in King of the Hammers with uh, Sexton Off Road. But with Clay Egan at Clay Egan Racing, I was you know co-drove with him for a long time in King of the Hammers, and uh, so yeah, I, I'd do it again. If it comes about, I've just been too busy and had kids, and so just been uh, enjoying that. Life's been happening? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How is Clay? He's doing great. Uh, I actually talked to him on the way up here, checking on him. Uh, he's doing good, uh, still doing really well. Uh, if anybody knows Clay, he's a quadriplegic, mm-hmm. uh, paralyzed from the chest down, uh, very competitive rock crawler, rock racer. Um, we did U-Rock. We did... Uh, King of the Hammers. We actually finished King of the Hammers in 2009 mm-hmm. in a buggy that we took down to Johnson Valley with no motor in it from wow. here. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was uh, quite an adventure. We had a lot of help and got like it done, it. but we still finished the race. That actually awesome. means quite a bit just to finish that race. If, yeah. if people haven't watched that or seen that. Usually about a third of, the, of all competitors that sign up, they're the only ones. So about a third finish. Wow. wow. So there's a lot of people that have raced it every year and have still never finished. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we got lucky. You know, mm-hmm. we uh, we were actually in sixth place up till about mile marker 62. And then we rolled. Mm-hmm. And so I had to do basically all of it myself because Clay can't do too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, can, so, he can tell you what to do, basically. Yeah. He can it, yell at you. Uh, Hurry up. <laughs> but we, we ended up getting it done, got the buggy back over and finished. Um, and at 33rd, I think it was 33rd. Um, and had a blast and mm-hmm. so we we finished it so still have the trophy i just moved to into a new house and i already have it hanging on the wall that we finished the race nice. that's still that's very cool so nice. yeah it's cool another thing about um to all the folks out there that are listening or watching another thing about tyler here is that tyler um and uh, well and i and people at exhibition one have built several jeeps Mm-hmm. together for SEMA. He's always a good hand for helping out, particularly when SEMA comes around. SEMA's always this mad rush, right? Yep. And uh, it gets pretty crazy. We built a couple of his Jeeps, I think, mm-hmm. for SEMA and just a couple of our own Jeeps for SEMA and it's been pretty crazy. So, Yeah, the product's great. I, I love everything you guys do, so that's why I keep coming back because of the strength and how it works and, you know, it holds up and that's what's important to me. Oh, thanks for saying that. Appreciate so. it. Mm-hmm. Happy customer. That's very like. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk real quick about just the reality of, cause we talked about on our last podcast. We just, I don't think I, I don't think we hit on it very hard, but we want to talk about the reality of the scarcity that's going on as a result of COVID kind of mm-hmm. like what is, what is really going on? 
from our end, what we're seeing in, in, in the industry right now, we're seeing materials prices of steel have effectively doubled since probably I'd say November. Mm -hmm. It was really strange. All of a sudden in December, we got contact and we're saying, hey, there's going to be a price increase. And we thought it was pretty high. It was like 10 cents a pound, which when you're dealing with steel, 10 cents a pound, 10 cents a pound, right? Mm -hmm. So they're telling us that and we're like, oh, okay, that's pretty significant. But um, within a couple of weeks, it was, it went up another 10 cents and then another 10 cents and it's, it's been getting crazy. So um, we're having material suppliers that are telling us, um, they're limiting our supply points. Basically, they're saying we're only being allocated a certain amount of materials. Mm -hmm. So allocation has started. Um, we've been we've been able to get material still, right? Because we have tons of suppliers, and so we're we're in good shape. Um, but I think it's like with steel. I think you're going to start seeing like the same thing that we saw with toilet paper. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like one of yeah. our suppliers, we talked with them. They're like, "Sorry, we're not going to have anything till mid-April." Yeah. And so you're talking two, two, three weeks. They're not going to have any materials uh, to work off of. So that's uh, that's pretty significant. Mm -hmm. So and I think you so that's our standpoint with the on the material side. But I mean, just the effects of covid that we've seen just in general, I'm seeing like on Facebook groups. Do you do, do you do a Facebook very much? Uh, I, I check it because I actually sell stuff from it. So oh, okay. but I don't, I'm not really a big you're uh, not a big Facebooker. No kind of guy. Good so, for you. I, I just, but I, and you know, there's other that stuff. So nice. I should do Twitter. I should, I don't. I just, I'm too busy with real estate and everything else and family and everything else. I just, I have a hard time just yeah. keep doing it. I'd rather pay someone to do it, but mm -hmm. I don't even do that. It'd be very nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, so just nice. be able to pay somebody. Yeah. With, um, with Facebook, I'm, I'm just bringing that up just because I'm, I'm seeing these Facebook groups. I'm seeing, people that are talking about our competitors that are concerned about the lead times that our competitors have. Mm -hmm. And it just seems like everybody is out weeks and weeks and weeks. It's just the nature of the beast. Um, months in certain cases, you know oh, what I yeah. mean? So I'm just wanting to hit it home just how COVID has affected that reality because everyone's trying to produce stuff. We're trying to produce stuff as fast as we can. Um, but we've had, we've had job listings for months now mm -hmm. We're trying to get people in having problems with that, getting, getting employees or getting, getting ourselves the right people and skilled labor and stuff like that. If we want to go automation, when we go the automation route, we go, okay, well maybe we can automate this position, right? Cause we can't fill it. Look into automation and it's the same thing. It's well, it's a 12 to 15 week lead time, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, so it's been pretty wild, man. Yeah. It's been pretty difficult and, and um, it's just, it's across the board. It is, and I mean, it, uh, switch gears a little bit if you don't mind going into Go a little ahead. bit of real estate yeah. because, I mean, that's that's my background. I do a lot of it, and I'm very fortunate in that, but we're dealing with the same sort of stuff in real estate. Right now, we're all-time low of listings. Um, in, in Utah, in Salt Lake MLS, you'd normally have about 12,000 listings on an average. There's 1,700 right now, um, and that's anything you can buy from a mobile home, town home, whatever. So there's so that's why there's such a frenzy on our end, and then you've got all these other states trying to move here: California, Texas, mm -hmm. Chicago. I mean, and so you've got those people because they want to be out of the California. Just want, a lot of people just want to get out of California. You've got people in New York that want just more space, mm -hmm. and so they're coming out here and they're just paying cash for stuff. 
And so it's raising prices. The average sales price in Utah now is four hundred thousand dollars. Wow, that's a huge jump. I mean, what was it a year ago? Just a few. Uh, well, in '07, when mm-hmm. the market crashed, share the average sales price was two hundred and eighty-five thousand, and then mm-hmm. it went up to three hundred, and then it went three fifty, and now we're at four hundred. Average sales price. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most most young people can't afford a four hundred thousand dollar house. No. And so, and the other thing is, is everybody's buying now. You got the millennials that are all now buying, and so it's really. And then with going back to what you said about your steel, the home builders are dealing with the same thing. They can't build them fast enough. All their, all their prices have gone up about 45% from what I understand mm-hmm. on a building on a house. So a house is going to cost you thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 more to build a house than the same house would have been last year or two years ago. Yeah. In just a year. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. And wow. so it's all, yeah. so everything is just that way. And, it, and it's multiple, multiple offers. I mean, You'll do you'll do a four hundred thousand dollar house in Salt Lake, and not kidding, you'll have nineteen offers on it. Wow! And they start waving this and waving appraisals and waving, and so, and then you have to go through all of them and say, okay, which one's the best and who's who's realistic? I mean, because everybody's doing everything you can to get it, so some people will fib on it, and some will, and hmm. so you really have to look at your offers and call the banks and call the, and then you turn in and you get so many cash offers. Wow! And, and so and cash cash is king. I mean, mm-hmm. right. To wave appraisal and it's done and they're closing two weeks and it's over which also takes a lot of people out of the market because they can't compete yeah dang so same sort of stuff that you guys are dealing with here i think across the board with with COVID's done that that you know people are being home so they want more space you know if they want to build their stuff up then you know they're going to do it so everybody's doing it mm-hmm. so unfortunately in salt lake i mean you guys know there's no we're only about three percent we're back to three percent unemployment we're pretty yeah. close, to, close to that again. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it lately, but I know we were getting pretty close back to that. So, again, our job market here is still very strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ev- so. Everywhere I go, hiring signs. We're hiring. Yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere Fast in Utah. food, manufacturing, like, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone's got to sign up, pretty much. And, you know, I've seen delays on, on the shipping side of things, too. Shipping and freight between, like, the wacky weather, the different, like, hubs closing all over the place. But we've had a shipment of you know, jerry cans on our dock for weeks and weeks and weeks because of these boats that are being backed up out with the containers, <laughs> just like for two weeks Stuck out there the waiting. At, yeah. at the <laughs> Not that one, oh, but. They figured that was 400 million a day. Oh. That's being lost? That's being lost because of that wow. one boat. I, I, I saw something on Facebook I, and I got, it was like, it was some astronomical amount because that channel is used so much. Oh, so yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. I can only imagine. No, no, Dude, no. <laughs> it is, it's crazy to me how big that boat really is. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, it, it, when, you, when you see a picture of it, it's like, oh, it's a pretty good sized boat. You're thinking it's a standard tanker. But then you see that like picture where they've kind of dug out the front of it mm-hmm. with that little backhoe. I mean, which is a big, that's a big oh, backhoe. Yeah. <laughs> and it just looks tiny. Well, they were saying on the news that if they brought someone in to start off containing some of that, some of those are 10 and 15 stories high to get those containers off. So they don't know how they could get them off if they even brought another boat in to try and take take some off. I don't think mm. you could. I think you, yeah. you would have to helicopter them off. Yeah. And like how oh, many trips yeah. would you be taking with a helicopter <laughs> just, to, just to like, let's raise this thing like a foot. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It'd be, it'd be freaking insane. So. Holy cow. <laughs> Yeah, no. Fortunately, that's not the our scenario that we're dealing with because it's I have boats waiting out in L.A. and whatever for weeks to right. be able to get into port mm-hmm. just because they've been shut down. And yeah, just delays, delays upon delays. That domino effect again that we see. So yeah, it's kind of across the board. 
materials yeah. and freight and everything. But overall, are you guys doing well? I mean, are you like everybody else that yeah. you just can't keep up? We just yeah. can't keep up. Yeah. And I mean, we're doing we're doing the best we can. The interesting thing is like right now, like there's certain stuff that we literally have in stock. Yeah. There's there's product that is sitting out there. It's in stock. If you if you ordered it, it would be be just because we have so much going through shipping right now. It might be two or three days before it goes out. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it would it would go right in the flow and go out. We have some bumpers that. Um, uh, like for example, I've like, if you bought a bear Oh five Tacoma bumper, mm-hmm. right. It'd probably be maybe a week and getting prepped and ready to go. And it would be out the door versus, um, if you then said, well, I want it powder coated and I want, I want a bull bar and we're adding a bunch of stuff to it. All of a sudden that's going to add like four to six weeks to the lead time. And part of that is just, okay, it's just getting it through those processes Mm -hmm. because there's so many things in those processes um, and there's so much delay in those processes. So, right. And a lot of any of our dual rears are definitely backordered. There's so many parts and components that go into those as well um, on the hardware side that, you know, it's, it's tricky to make sure you have everything you need Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on those in in place because we we source a lot of different parts from a lot of different places to make those come together. Mm -hmm. So, so we've had some of the issues with scarcity with suppliers, but we've also, I mean, there's also been price increases and we usually try and hold price increases off as long as we can. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's hard to say what's going on right now with the materials prices and everything like that. Is this going to be long-term or is it going to be short-term? I think it's going to correct, um, probably third quarter, but I don't think it's going to be like a major correction. Right. So, and we've already been getting lots of price increases from our suppliers. So we'll probably end up having to do our own price increase. Um, but we're going to hold it off as long as we can. Hopefully. I think everybody's in the same boat. I Mm -hmm. think third quarter things are going to change, you know, and on my end, uh, Freddie and Fannie Mae are changing guidelines for, uh, second homes and investment properties. And so everybody's trying to correct it on that kind of stuff. And so I think we're all in the same boat Mm -hmm. trying to figure stuff out. And Mm -hmm. so they're going to bump interest rates on those, on those loans. And so it's like, that's upset a lot of people, but I also understand why they're doing it. Mm -hmm. Same thing. You're going to have to figure stuff out. Yeah. Something's gotta, something's gotta happen. Speaking of which actually not, but have you got your COVID vaccine? I don't. I actually have my appointment. You have your uh, appointment? I do. We, we were, got our appointment. <clears throat> we, I've been trying mm-hmm. to get in sooner, um, mainly for my son. He's got some pretty good uh, asthma. Mm-hmm. And so, but I mean, I've been working through this constantly. I have not take. I took a month and a half off when last year when it all hit and they closed everything down because mm-hmm. <clears throat> my wife works and she actually, she needed to work. She has the benefits. She has taken care of stuff. So I'm, I stayed home and just, you know, worked helped with the kids try to figure that out which was a joke (laughs) (laughs) homeschooling i'm I'm not a good teacher and i'm not a good school i'm not a good student but i mean we figured it out but anyways um and so for that reason you know we'll we'll get ours um i want to make sure he's safe and stuff and but i've been working i mean last year i had been busier than i ever been in my life um and it has not changed right now for me Mm -hmm. so i've been out in it you know a year solid out in it working showing houses selling houses haven't got it that you know of i think i had it uh, but again <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> i mean because i'm one if i get sick i just i work unless i have like strep throat or something really bad i i just work i just have always been that way mm. so i think i've had it but i don't know 
And so, but yeah, shot's coming. Um, wanted it sooner. It's like in two weeks, but uh, it's as soon as we could get in. Yeah. I've been looking every day because there's so many places if they have extra, you can go do it. Yeah. yeah. So I've been looking, but and then my wife will get it and kind of go from there. My dad, it's got both of his. Uh, my wife, her, all her family's got theirs, which is good. So yeah. that's more important than yeah. anything. My parents have got themselves taken care of, so which is good. They're in their 70s. Yeah, you know? exactly. And that's the real high-risk people, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's one of those where, I, I mean, my dad, he's 78. He's in, he's in okay health, but he had all sorts of health problems happen where um, he got really sick, had to have a lot of surgeries and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like... He got all his taken care of and then had surgery like a couple days later and everything like that. And he's been fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's really, it's, it's really, you hear these horror stories about somebody having a bad reaction, but I think you would hear those same things with the flu shot. I think Mm -hmm. if we were giving flu shots, if that was a point of topic, right? If it wasn't a point of interest, you would never hear about it. Mm -hmm. But well, and, uh, Shana's, uh, father-in-law, or excuse me, her, uh, mom's husband mm-hmm. um he can't have the flu shot because he's mm. such it'll hospitalize him oh wow yeah really and so he has to be careful so they don't know if they're gonna give him the COVID because right. they don't know how he'll react to it yeah. and he's older i mean he's mm-hmm. i'm guessing 75 i don't know exactly but i mean so they don't know what they're gonna do yeah so i think i think the COVID shot i i literally i mean i think that is i'm very excited for as many people as possible getting vaccinated mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I think it will be the key to literally remove, getting rid of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's weird to me the people that are like, oh, they're a little worried about it and stuff like that. But in some of these vaccines, the Johnson Johnson one that I learned about, I think it's a little weird, personally. Just the, the science. Yeah, yeah, the science mm-hmm. behind it. I'm like, mm, I'm not really into that. I like, I, th- I think the Pfizer one, particularly, the yeah. simplicity of it um, is really quite elegant, the idea behind it. And uh, its efficacy is amazing, so... That's the one that I'm hoping we'll end up getting. That's what I'm hoping too. So, yeah. yeah. So, but, and then hopefully we'll be able to get the pandemic behind us because I can tell you, that's the other thing about all these scarcity and stuff like that. I, I think it's like people just aren't, um, they're putting so much time into sitting on they're they're staying at home, they're watching TV or, you know, on the internet and stuff like that. They're buying stuff. And where our, our time used to be spent going out to restaurants, going to movies and stuff like that, um, concerts. That, that's changing, you should see, because I eat out a lot for what I do. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> in the last three weeks, you would not believe how many people are showing up at restaurants Oh, yeah, now. no. Yeah. Yeah. Traffic has already changed. At least in, I, I know you're, at up, least around here. you're up in North, yeah. uh, and I'm in Salt Lake, and the traffic's already starting. Mm. You can see a huge, in the last three weeks, you mm. can see a huge difference in restaurants and you know, one of my favorite restaurants I go to all the time is Porcupine Grill at the mouth of Big Cottonwood Canyon. Mm-hmm. And they they did like everybody else, separated tables, all that stuff. Well, you know, they're starting to put more tables in and it, it's always packed for lunch and mm. it's finally starting to get that weekend, which I'm happy for them. Yeah. yeah. You know, these restaurants need to get, open back up. Yeah. So, you know, I'm happy know. about that. Utah didn't have that many restaurants that really, I mean, I, I know there are a few restaurants that I saw that they went out. Mm-hmm. Right, but it seemed like most of the ones that I frequent and stuff like that are still there. Most of them, I know of a couple, you know? but mm-hmm. yeah, most of them stayed. But it just was tough, and you know, I saw a lot of people put the tents up and, and to so they can get more space. Park City, it was funny. They bought they bought bubbles, 
and people could eat eating oh, bubbles. I, I mean, that. but I mean, <laughs> they were still, but they were making it work. You know, uh, but you know, they're trying to make things work, and so I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad these these places stayed because I'm not a big eat out chain places. Mm-hmm. So we like the one off local stuff, and so I'm glad to see a lot of those places staying. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that is a good, good thing. Hopefully, we'll be thing. good there. Yeah. Let's go back on topic to where we should be, which is. <laughs> Let's talk about off-road vehicles. I was actually going to ask you about, because this is a crazy component. We were talking about prices going up and mm-hmm. everything, all these things being in very high demand. The TRX, right? Mm-hmm. I'm hearing stories and I'm seeing stories of those things going for 50000 mm-hmm. over. One just sold at Barrett-Jackson last night for 400 and something. Yeah, it was it was one, right? Yeah, it was zero, I think zero, it was zero, one. zero, one. Yeah. And my friend up at uh, at Carl Malone has one. Up at Carl Malone uh, Jeep in Heber has one. Does he? Uh-huh. For he, sale or is no, he just, it's he can, his? They, it's his. He can't, yeah. they, they, he can't sell it, but I haven't seen it yet. I want to go see it, but yeah. Um, I When those came up for order last summer, mm-hmm. I was like, I hesitated. And I didn't order one, and I'm regretting it. Well, it's like the I I had a the new Wrangler, the 392. Yeah. I I called and said I want one, and I was number one. He called me, and I couldn't do it at the time because you know they didn't even have a price on it, and I could have had one of the first ones in the state, and I didn't do it. Um, Did I, I talk you out oh, of that? You talked me that out was of that. My fault. No, I'm, no, <laughs> I, no. I called because <laughs> regular Jeeps do everything we want them to do. And, yeah, this is true. and I love the six cylinder motor and those that, that pinstar motor they put in them. Um, big, big fan. I'm more of a Jeep guy than a Toyota guy. Yeah. We, <laughs> we established that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I really like that pinstar and it, it wasn't worth, um, that extra money when I could buy a used Wrangler 18 or newer, or even a new one for 30, 40,000 less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are they? What are they basing that? It's like seventy it's, grand. It's isn't like it? seventy six is the one I saw. Wow. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's between that and a, and a. I mean, there's always a little stuff about them, but between that and a, a loaded Rubicon, it's the motor. Yeah. Well, the six cylinders can get the same places as the, as the three ninety two. The three ninety two just get there faster. <laughs> a little bit faster. <laughs> so. Um, so, you know, I, I'm a big fan. I do like one thing I'm really happy they did is they brought the half doors back factory yeah. because yeah. you're a, you're a, you're a, you're a half door man. I am. I, cause I don't drive it in the winter. It's my toy. It sits in the garage in the winter and everybody laughs at me, but you know, it's the a Jeep, the tops off doors off and so, yeah, so that's it's what all it's about. for. And yeah. so I love the half doors Yeah. on that last one I had. Um, I actually spent, bought factory ones and they weren't cheap and loved every minute of it. It was worth every Was that, that blue one? The blue one. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, the, and that was worth every dime to me. And I, but it was great, dude. Those those became like the coveted item too. Mm-hmm. I remember when Jeep said they weren't going to do it anymore, and like people lost their minds. Yeah, it's like what? I sold them for a lot of money. Really? Because mm-hmm. I didn't sell them when I sold my blue Jeep. I kept them in case I bought another one. Yeah. And the only reason I kept them is when the JL came out, I was hoping they would still fit, and they but, didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then I sold them. Yeah. I still got almost what I built them for out of them. Wow. Yeah. So, hmm. yeah, it's they pretty were pretty wild. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So let's talk. Uh, we're talking that. Let's talk our on uh, Broncos real quick. Can't wait to see it. You excited for I'm, it? I'm way excited. 
you didn't you don't have one on order i don't have right? one on order yeah i'm not, i i'm not a first time come out i want to see what happens and that kind of stuff i did that with the jail i ordered the jail because yeah. i knew it would be decent and they didn't change that much except for the transmissions a couple of things but i want to see how the the bronco comes out i think they've done some really cool things things that really made me happy is you can take the doors off of it easily it mm. seems mm-hmm. which i mean that if you're going to compete with the jeep it needs to happen again i like and i also like i watch a video on how the top comes off one person can take that top off really uh-huh that's a big deal yeah wow yeah and so that I thought was pretty cool. Um, and you can actually pack it all in the back. I mean, they've done a good job with it. And so I'm, I'm real excited to see how it's all going to turn out. Hmm. So, yeah, um, I've got one on order. Speaking of that's the other thing, too, is like I was supposed to if people don't have one of those on order. This is another thing with that. The scarcity reality is like I ordered mine and they gave me a, a rough finish and build date mm-hmm. sometime in like March. Right. Well, it's March, right? We're at the end of March. Now, um, August. <laughs> you're you're talking, yeah, July, really? August. Yeah, that's probably that's the maybe mm-hmm. is July, August, and um, they're saying a lot more people are going to have 2022 models than they anticipated before. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, uh, I read another thing too that Chevy. Chevy's having trouble building their trucks because they can't get a mic like it's a microchip. There's a chip yeah. for their CPUs. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I, kn- I know there was a problem a while ago with that too, um, before COVID, that uh, same sort of thing. So it's, it's making just, it all the worse. It, yeah. So yeah. we're just going to see what's happened. I can't wait to see the Bronco though. I yeah. Think they, I think they did a great job. The pictures I've seen of it, um, people that have kind of got pictures of the pre-production. I mean, I'm really impressed. They, I think they did it right. I had heard, I had heard that what they did was that they studied why the FJ Cruiser failed. I can um, tell you. Well, <laughs> they didn't make it it's convertible. Yeah, that was it, right? Seriously. That, that was their big mistake. The FJ should have been a convertible. It should have been. And it, it, no, if they would have done that, even if the hard doors, nothing else, if they would have made it so that top came off. Yeah. It would have just, because yeah. that's what those were about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter what motor, didn't matter independent front suspension because people had a problem with that. At the, it, it, in the beginning, mm-hmm. but none of that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they've IFS has been dialed, man. Yeah, Ford did a great job at getting it dialed. Toyota's actually done a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know before, yeah, IFS was like it was. Everyone was kind of afraid of it, mm-hmm. and now you look in the competition rock crawling world, or I don't even know if they call it that anymore. Now Whatever, it's, it's Ultra Four, it's is Ultra Four, it's forty four hundred series. Yeah, I mean that is a totally there. There are guys that are running solid axle through there, but so many of them are running independent front and rear know? and rear too. Yeah, you've got uh, laser dot. Cody Wagner's got a full full all four. Does he really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great looking buggy too. But yeah, his his is uh, four wheel independent. Yeah, I mean I think I think it's just a matter of the technology had to get there and it's it's weird in the off-road world it's like when, when you're talking with suspension it's really a lot of in my opinion it's kind of a lot of trial and error mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's just a whole lot of trial and error and then everyone's kind of looking at what works and they're like oh that works right whether it's desert ra- racing mm-hmm. or whether it's rock crawling it's kind of like oh look that's that's working and you have all these weird little fads i remember way back when when uh, it was kind of a fad where people were doing shocks with uh like no coils right mm-hmm it was just like um, two and a half inch. That's what we ran King yeah. hammers in. Is Fox, it really? Because mm-hmm, we couldn't mm-hmm. afford to do it. We had no coils, and it was just no a, coils, no coils, and we finished. Yeah, 
And so, and what I hear is when you're rallying those kind of vehicles, like they lift up anyway, mm -hmm. because the, the oils get super warm and they, so you, mm -hmm. so after you get going, they actually ride a little bit better, Yeah. but still, yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. I don't see anybody running that anymore. No, that's not, <laughs> that's not really a thing. That was a brief thing, but, um, so let's talk a little bit about, but let's talk more about rock crawling and stuff like on a historical level. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we went through this a little bit. Um, you rock is when you started. I did. Yep. Now, how long ago is this? We're talking like 90, let's see. I moved back from Arizona in 90. Oh, four. So I, so was the, it 2004, 2004 is when I seems about right. And Before so, that, it was Arca, right? Right. And I wasn't, I didn't know much about Arca. I know a lot of the guys that were, went to UROC were with Arca. Right. Um, but no, I started, that's when Clay did it. And, you know, Pades who owned it. And uh, they, the Pades actually got Clay into it. And that's kind of how it all started with uh, a photo shoot with Clay and Walker Evans. Really? Uh-huh. And that's kind of how it all started. And then... Oh. Clay had done a couple, and then I came back. When I came back, I actually moved in with him because I didn't hadn't bought a house yet, and it just kind of morphed from there. And you know, we've been friends since eighth grade. So even before he was in the wheelchair, mm -hmm. I was friends with him. And so, um, yeah, it's 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 been quite a ride. TV shows and commercials and hmm. all sorts of stuff. He's, yeah, he's just did such a good job with his marketing, and we really, you know, we used his chairs as a way to get it, get it done, and people really appreciated it. So. Mm -hmm. Now, I remember, if I remember the crawler that you guys started with, mm -hmm. was it was it based on a Cherokee chassis? Yep. It that's what it was, right? It actually was the Pades and sold it to Clay, and that was the really? first rock on it. And it was, a, it was a Cherokee, the old 4.0. He just sold that. Did about, he really? About a year ago. No huh? kidding. Still runs. Didn't ever, <laughs> didn't ever change the motor in it. It still <laughs> would get in there, and it would start. I, that 4.0 motor is bulletproof, but yeah, even after all the times we rolled it, ran it, Everything we did, that that Cherokee still would start right up. That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty crazy. It, with the same motor, same motor, four four o liter. Yeah. Wow. Did he go through other race trucks? I mean, yeah. I remember that one. I remember it because it had like diamond plate all over it, yep. and it was in the what commercial were you guys doing? The, the tough shed. shed. The tough yeah. shed commercial. Tough shed commercials. Went up there parked on top and then crashed into the tin shed. Yeah. Yeah, we did that. Um, <laughs> that was fun. that was fun. You know, they were kind of freaking out when we were coming off and they're like, they tried making us put hay underneath the thing. I'm like, nothing's going to happen to him. It's just, <laughs> I'm like, if it rolls, it rolls. I mean, it, I mean, we, we used to deal with that all the time because everybody was worried about him. I'm like, he can't get paralyzed. What does it matter? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's just, I mean, I, I would tease him and he, he'd get right back, but I mean, it's just, it's the truth. So we did a lot of that stuff, but yeah, so we had, we've had that and then we got, um, rock logic. Oh, right. It? Oh, man. It? Going name? way back um, in the day, huh? Oh, Forgot about those the guys. The builder was Jeremy and the owner. I can't remember the owner's name, but he was such a good guy. Um, built us a buggy. We, we put a uh, Chevy 4.3 in it mm -hmm. for the rock crawler and built that. Um, you know, And we were fortunate. We had a lot of sponsors, Toyo and um, oh, Mastercraft Seats and um, Raceline Wheels and I'm uh, missing one. Um, Kelly at... Uh, lifts um, oh you're talking tough country tough country helped us out yeah. quite a bit i mean just i mean they were always good to us we had a, a lot of people that helped us out so clay could could move forward so we did that and then ran that for a couple of years ran a couple of the we rock races which is where before mm -hmm. it turned into ultra four and king of the hammers and all that we did we ran that and then when we were going to do king of the hammers uh, a friend of ours jesse combs 
Right. Uh, if everybody knows who Jesse, fastest mm-hmm. woman in the world, uh, yeah. passed away a couple years ago. She actually is good friends with Clay and uh, and myself, and she helped us helped us with WyoTech, helped us build our uh, our King of the Hammers buggy along with all of our sponsors. Oh and, wow! And so that that's kind of how our King of the Hammers uh, buggy got going, and so then uh, went down there and had a whole crew of people helping us and cool. made it work. But we left here with no motor. We couldn't figure out what was wrong and why it wouldn't run. So we went down there and uh, had no motor, went straight from Johnson Valley to Turnkey Motors down in San Diego. They dialed the motor, figured out what was wrong. We at, we were at their shop, put the motor in at mm. their shop. They dynoed it for us right then and there nice. after we got it running. Wow. And then we went and... And then you went and raced. And then went and raced and finished. Wow. So... That's pretty crazy. Does he still have that doggy? No, no, we no. sold it. Um, he sold it because he wish he would have kept it, but he ended up selling that and he kept the the uh, Rock Logic buggy for a long time and then sold it. And then he just had the Cherokee for a long time and he just sold that a little. Uh, like at a year ago, yeah, ish, two years in that time. So, he's so, so he's kind of he's quasi retired. He's done. Yeah, he's, he's just he's he's tired of getting beat up. It, well, and it's hard, especially with him. I mean, probably tosses him all over the place, man. It does. You know what I mean? Since he has no stomach muscles and that kind of stuff. I mean, recovery from King of the Hammers it was about two weeks. Mm. Wow. Just trying to get recovered. But I mean, he's, if anybody knows Clay, he's a big hunter. I mean, he. Yeah, I which mean, is interesting. Oh, yeah. Itself, and he's you know got moose. I mean? And I mean, when he went and got his cougar, he was on a snowmobile for, you know, four hours. Jeez. At getting his cougar. And he was in the hospital for two days after that, two or three days after that, just recovering mm. from gone cougar but so I mean, wild but he's got big trophy elk and geese and i mean you should see all the trophies he's got his, he just got his bear last year big his black bear last year wow and so but he does them all himself you know wow. with being in a chair he can actually hunt from his car mm-hmm. uh, and then he has a, a small razor that he goes around to he has, he has his own proper some property that he has up up by oakley that uh mm-hmm. he has a cabinet and stuff so i mean these do he does great That's awesome. yeah. very very independent never help him yeah. And that, that's the hard part. People are like, oh, let me help you. And I just say, just leave him alone. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's fine. Yeah, like, leave him alone. If he wants help, he'll ask. <laughs> Got to have him on the show. So okay. we'll, we'll see if we can get him on. Yeah, we can do that. That would be awesome. Because he's, yeah, he's always very, every time I talk with him, he's extremely, which is like, what, maybe once a year, maybe. Um, but uh, that's when he was coming to most of the events I'd see him. But mm-hmm. um, always very enthusiastic right it's pretty pretty impressive to me somebody that goes through that kind of thing mm-hmm. that they consider it um it, it seems like if i recall he almost considers it like a blessing or it something like that it was which a is blessing. just mm-hmm. which is pretty yeah. wild yeah um that takes a really amazing mindset mm-hmm. to have that so yeah he even says he would not have done what he did if he was walking mm-hmm. all of the all of the racing all of the TV shows, all of the, you know, Nitro Circus, he did Nitro, mm-hmm. we did Nitro Circus with Travis Pastrana in the first season, and again, all of these things he knows wouldn't be if it wasn't for him being on a motorcycle and hitting a horse up in Camas. That's <laughs> so, what happened? That's what happened, so. Um, wow. So, so then, uh, but I mean, it was a long recovery, hospital for three months, and you know, when you have him on the show, you can ask him the questions. Yeah. I probably know as well as he does, but still. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, and he's still doing great. He, you know, he's he's just moving along, working and doing great. That's very cool. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. It's good to have people like that around. You know what I mean? Keeps you humble. Yeah, it does. Keeps you thinking mm-hmm. positive, right? Good examples of who you want to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. With this positivity. So. 
Well, and it's interesting because Easter's coming up and the Easter Jeep Safari, and uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier before we started the show. And right. you know, they're opening it up again, which is mm-hmm. nice. I know uh, some some friends, Bart Jacobs, some some friends of ours. They just ran the the first weekend Hell's Revenge. I saw that. So the trails are open a little bit. So we got yeah. some some rock crawling. You know, a lot of people are doing Sand Hollow now. Um, yeah, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I let's let's talk about that a little bit because Sand Hollow. Um, it's just getting a bigger and bigger and bigger name. It's awesome. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And uh, a lot of people are moving towards there. It's kind of interesting. I mean, Moab was always the place. I have a special place in my heart for the Moab mm-hmm. area, particularly oh, yeah. up in Poison, Poison Spider Mesa area. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I kind of grew up on that Mesa. Yep. A lot of my off-roading was up there going through Poison Spider. It was just a fun trail and Golden Spike and just even on foot, just exploring that region. I did a lot of it. Yep. But um, you have so much movement towards uh, Sand Hollow. Um, and it's, I've only been down there once, right? But it just That's seems cool. like it's a huge area of growth. Well, it's interesting. Uh, again, back to real estate is um, I didn't know much about it. I go to St. George a lot to see my dad, but a uh, good friend of mine says, hey, I need a house in Sand Hollow. So... I can because I'm licensed in Utah. I can sell anywhere. So, I went down there, and re, there's two, there's three main areas down there in Sand Hollow that people stay at. So you got Dick, you got the Dunes, the Retreat, and then Dixie Springs, and the Retreats where you get your nightly rental houses that you can rent, where a lot of people do, the Dunes. So I've really focused on these three areas, and in the last three months, I've sold three houses down there to friends that want to be in Sand Hollow, which again, people are going down there for mm-hmm. razoring for, you know, because a lot of people off road are turn into razors and we can get back into that in a second yeah but sand hollow's got so much to offer because not only can you go do the sand you can go there's great rock crawling down there i mean yeah phenomenal rock crawling. Hmm. if you have a boat you're right next to the reservoir yeah. and then mountain biking you know like i'm a huge mountain biker there's trails everywhere down there so you have so much to do down there and you know moab's fantastic i'm, a, I'm with you but you're still stuck right there yeah sand hollow if you want to go to Mesquite, you want to go to Vegas, you want to go into St. George, yeah. you yeah. want to go to Costco. <laughs> I, I mean, right? but yeah. I mean, it's really what people are saying down there. Yeah. Um, and so there's just a lot to offer. And that's why I think a lot of people are pushing down there. Yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting to see how the growth is over time. I mean, it's just Moab. You, you have also a lot of conflicts with just, just different locals there. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people that are moving in there are not big on the off-road community or the four-wheel drive community. So it just, I always wonder what's going to happen with, with be interesting conflict and everything like that. Whereas Sand Hollow is kind of like, or just down in that area regionally, you know what I mean? It's just like, they're like, come on in. They are. And you go into that, that one little area called Dixie Springs. Um, and all the houses there are, I don't want to say all, a good majority of them have RV garages and have, oh wow. So, I mean, there's one down there that had like a double decker RV garage. So you have your three car garage here and right next to it is you could put two or three motorhomes in this. Really? Wow. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> and relatively cheap. Now for them, they're saying it's all expensive. Right. But you say you get up to Salt Lake on a lot and a lot up here is going to cost you 400,000 down there. You're 150 to 180. Oh, wow. Holy cow. Still. Even. Yeah. And, and it's cheap. Yeah. yeah. But to them, well, in the, I'll give you an idea in that dunes area last year at the same time, those lots were 60,000. They're in there for sale for 170 now. So in one year, they've gone up over 100,000. Yeah. But it's still not that expensive if you look at Salt Lake, Ogden, you know, these other areas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so people are still going down there thinking it's great. I wonder what, um, 
just because I mean, uh, on the on the, I know there's a lot of trails, particularly the rock crawlers and stuff like that. I do in my older age, I do way less that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It just it, it doesn't excite me like it used to. Right, I used to love the challenge of it. Then it just became more stressful, and then it became less of an interest of being broken down in the middle of, <laughs> middle of the desert. That. I was you just going to say that. It's all about one thing. It's, yeah. it's all about if I break down. If I do this, is it going to break? Yeah. Yes, I'm not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, straight up. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, that's, that's where life has led me. Mm-hmm. Now it's more of like, I want to go out and explore. I do like the challenge, right? I do mm-hmm. like the, the intermittent challenge here and there and the fun little challenge. But yeah, Moab, was, Moab is full of, of challenges to nowhere. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Where... You know, uh, potato salad hill. I ne- I've never got it. Never right. got it. Never tried it. Oh, Watch yeah. plenty of people do it. Watch plenty of people. You know, break their vehicles on it. <laughs> my favorite are the kids that take Dad's Rubicon up there and roll oh, it. Oh, And you're like, why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. There's another one too. I'm trying to remember what it is. Maybe it's it's not double whammy. It's up. Can't remember exact. I know. I'm trying to remember the tell. I think, I think it's Metal Masher. Is might be where it is. But there's this one where it's just like it's these two very large steps. Mm-hmm. It's been years since I've been there. It's been probably 15 years, and I just that's those steps. It's like you drive to the top, and it's like quite the interesting obstacle. But it just it ends. If you kept going, you would drive off like a thousand foot cliff and mm. you'd die. Right. And you're like, okay, then what? And then some people actually turn around, like a million point turn or whatever. And they'll drive down it and uh, or you can back down it, I guess, if you really wanted to. But I just that stuff to me is weird. Right. It's not my it's not my jam. So I love the and maybe it's just the, you know, when you get older and you get kids and stuff like that. I like to enjoy nature with my family. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. so that's when overlanding kind of became a much more thing, much more of a thing to me. I I, I, I can think about it because it's like when I started my company, it was Jeep products um, I mean, I have my first, the first Jeep that started the company yeah. is like right there, yeah. right? Still sitting there. <laughs> Hasn't been driven for a long time. <laughs> um, but we started that and, and I was building that more for the trail running for rock crawling and stuff like that. And that was more what my bumpers were designed around. Um, and they still have, they still have design, uh, elements for that kind of use, right? Mm-hmm. They're still, I know people are going to use it for that. People are going to want to do some serious rock crawling and things like that. So they're still designed to do that hard stuff. Um, but for me, it's just more of like, um, I want to get out and explore. I want to be away from all the noise. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing just to enjoy the silence that you get out there. So I, I do wonder a little bit down in that southern Utah area. I mean, I was born down there, mm, right? So that. yeah, that's where my roots kind of come from. I spent a lot of time down there. Um, I was born in Panguitch. Uh, right yeah one stoplight town they took the stoplight out because there was not enough traffic now it's just a stop sign <laughs> so, so such a waste yeah but yeah i mean um Panguitch, we used to go a lot down to lake powell and explore those areas and stuff like that in the southern area because we were so close to everything mm-hmm. it's, it's actually really close to all the national parks and everything but i was also you know two so um, I'm wondering what, I really wonder what the overland scene will be. It is like down there. I haven't heard much about overlanding in St. George area right. or in that area, but I got to imagine that there's probably all sorts of, of good exploration, good overlanding that can be had. It's huge down there. And that's so, the thing. I don't know how many acres, but I know for, from 
explore the reservoir and everything is you can go out for miles and miles and miles. And you can also, if you want to go up into Coral Peak Sand Dunes, or if you want to go up, like I went up there, I took the razor, my dad has a razor, and some of his buddies, we we parked at Cor- the Pink Coral, excuse yeah, me, Sand Dunes. Pink Coral Sand Dunes, yeah. And then we literally went 20 miles, went back in there, crossed the Virgin River, back and forth, went up to Carmel and had lunch and then came back. Mm. So, And I mean, I think it was like 20 miles, but you go all through the back country, go up, yeah. went, had lunch and came back. So, I mean, there's, it's endless on stuff you guys can go do. So it's interesting. Yeah. San Rafael area. The swell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Swell's a little a further no- north. A little overlanding yeah, yeah but the swell is very much an overlanding Big type time. trip you mm-hmm. know what i mean and um but yeah it's a little further north but still i mean um the swell we, it's legendary right mm-hmm. everyone knows about the swell so um i just wonder what there might be down by the sand hollow or, or at least starting from sand hollow i bet you there's probably trails that go way off into you probably go into arizona into arizona and, yep all the way down over to you know have your starting point somewhere in St. George and your ending point somewhere like Page, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that would be some pretty amazing um, off-roading yeah. through that area. I, I have to wonder what there is. I bet there's stuff. I just have never really looked at it. Right. So, oh, yeah, I, I'm neither. But yeah, I know there is everywhere. I know who I'm going to ask about it right now. Who? I'm going to ask Kurt Williams. <laughs> if anybody knows, it's got to be Kurt Williams. I'm, we're going to hopefully have him on the podcast soon. Okay. And you know who Kurt is, right? I don't. That's what I was going to You ask. don't know who Kurt is? Who's Kurt? Okay. There's a reason why. Remember when you there's said. There's a reason why you don't know. Remember when you said, like, <laughs> I'm not a Toyota person? Uh-huh. This is why. Because Kurt is, like, the Toyota. The Toyota oh. person. He is, he's really, like, the Land Cruiser person. Uh-huh. Right? When it comes to Land Cruiser, he's, like, a walking dictionary encyclopedia ah. thesaurus of land cruiser okay. everything he knows every little nuance of land cruiser he, so he's he's a cruiser person but toyota in general right that's where he that's where he has made his mark and stuff mm-hmm. so yeah his company's cruiser outfitters oh okay yeah you probably uh, heard of cruiser yeah outfitters, aren't right? they out, they're out of denver aren't they no they're here they're in salt lake, salt lake. oh yeah, yeah i've heard of them so mm-hmm. yeah again i'm just never been a it's not a, not, a, not a toyota guy not a toyota guy <laughs> it's all right we can forgive you um <laughs> It's not, that, it's not that I am either. I mean, I was thinking about it the other day. I'm like, I own more Toyotas and have owned more Toyotas than I own tons of Toyotas. But at the same time, I have what I keep is Jeeps. Right. It's really weird to me. Like, I'm like, I've got three Jeeps right now that I'll just probably just keep forever mm-hmm. or until I die and my kids can destroy them or auction them off or whatever. <laughs> right. So um, it's interesting to me because I do have that. I have, we have four Jeeps right now. Mm-hmm. And I think we have, we have three Toyotas, but I'm going to sell two of them, you know? Right. So, um, Toyota to me has just got legendary performance. I mean, they're amazing vehicles, but they yeah, run forever. Yeah. They run forever. Just, yeah, I mean, they're, they're just, solid vehicles. They are, but. Yeah. But just then for some reason, there's something just iconic that I love about Jeeps. Yeah. You take the tops off and the doors off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. That, I mean, we do need to take the top this. off James. That is it. He never it, wants to. I, I, I do not want to take the top off my, like the Gladiator. I'm like, I don't want to do it. Why? I don't want the, I don't want the squeaky wind noise to come in. I don't want it to happen. I just, not I want cool. to leave it perfect. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, this That's is, the point the, of the Jeep. This, I'm this with is, you. This is a, this is a friendly podcast, so I won't have the comments <laughs> I want to comment right now. No, but yeah, that's honestly, that's why I'm such a Jeep person. And that's one of the reasons that, that like back to the Bronco, I'm excited to see what the Bronco does. Yeah. Because, but again, I'm, I'm a Jeep guy, but still 
Um, and a Toyota, I, I, I've had Toyotas. I love Toyota. They last and run forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's nice to have it that way. I've met one person in my lifetime that was like not okay with Toyota. Mm-hmm. It was weird. We yeah. were we were at the top of Imogene Pass mm-hmm. and just taking photos and just enjoying the, the splendor of the Colorado mountains, right? And this dude walks up to me and he's like, hey, can you take a picture of me and my Jeep? And we're like, yeah, sure. And he's like, I don't want any of these Toyotas. I mean, we're we are on a Toyota event, right? So there's FJs, it was FJ Summit. There's FJs all over and there's, I don't want any of these Toyotas in frame. And we're like, okay. He's like, I'm not a Jeep, I'm not a Toyota person. I don't do Toyota. We don't do Toyota. We just do Jeep only. And I'm like, Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go ahead and take your picture. Nice. Just a minute. Let me focus right in your face because that's yeah. all there's going to be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah so he, was, he was pretty intense. I found a very, very, the one person that I've met that is that adamant about that. Usually, I mean, it's kind of interesting. There used to be this weird, uh, particularly in the Land Cruiser crew, like FJ40s. I mean, I loved FJ40s, right? Mm-hmm. But you had this kind of attitude that was like, Jeep this, right? It was all about my FJ40 is is the bomb and your, your Jeep suck, right? This right. is, this is like 25 years ago. Right. Um, but it, it's, it's funny when Jeep does something like comes out with the gladiator and it's what everybody, all these Toyota people were like, no, nah, it's okay. And they're like, uh, you'd, it's just a copy of a Land Cruiser. It's like, no, it's, it's not, man. No, it's not, it's, <laughs> it's not a copy of Land Cruiser. Sorry. No. But, um, it's, it's funny to see a bunch of Jeep people and, and the JL, right? Or mm-hmm. not the JL, the JK. JK. When mm-hmm. the JK came out, you know what I mean? They put coil springs in, they have the Rubicon, they have four to one low range. I mean, they've got a long wheelbase four door. I mean, it was just like, it was, everybody was like, they, everyone wanted a BJ70, right? Mm-hmm. You couldn't get them. Now you can buy a BJ70, like a 1991 right. from overseas. Um, and you can bring it here, but it's going to cost you as much as a JK is, right? You know, a used JK Rubicon with four to one low range and all the parts that you need to fix it. Yeah. Yeah, You know what I mean? That's, that's the other thing. Like a friend of mine got, uh, FZ, uh, was it FZJ H I, 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 so you don't get the lettering right, but he decided he was going to buy an import FJ 80. Okay. With a diesel motor that was right hand drive. (laughs) (laughs) And he loved this thing, man. And it was, I'm just going to say it, dude. It, it is an ugly truck. <laughs> it is absolutely. I mean, it's not that eighties are ugly, but this one was, had this awful color scheme and, but what was cool about it and it had like Chrome, Chrome brush guard and everything. Mm-hmm. But what was cool about it is it still had the original like stickers on the side, like original stickers from the factory that, talked about the vehicle and stuff like oh, that. Oh, that's cool. I mean, it was, it was really cool. It was just hideous. Um, but dude, when he had motor problems, he had motor problems and they blew up and that was, that was it. Mm. I mean, he was, it was just money after money after money. And so that's another thing about it is like, okay, so if I blow up a Jeep, I can throw, get a new motor, just throw away the motor. And yeah. Just yeah. Just in. get a new one in. Right. And then, and then that's the thing that the JK motor, that old motor, the three, eight, it was a minivan motor. It was kind of gutless. But I mean, they lasted pretty good. They did. You know, they lasted. Um, and the new ones, the Pentastar, I know one person has had an issue. His blew up. Brand new Gladiator. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Seth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, brand new Gladiator. And boom, motor but, motor blew up. And But that could have been anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's he thing. got it replaced. Yeah. They, so. re- they, they covered it. It was under warranty. Mm-hmm. They put in a new motor. He's happy with it. And yeah. So... 
Yeah. What do you think? What, I love wh- the power on the new, the JLs and the, the gladiators. It's the eight speed transmission. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Huge, yeah. huge difference that the transmission is the winner. Are Literally you, are you so Jeep or Toyota. I, oh man. That's a tough one because I think, you know, on the mom side of me, the Toyotas <laughs> are super convenient and they have some of those. Yeah, I've been able to drive the Gladiator ordered <laughs> in the last little while. I couldn't drive it at all before. It's now hard I get for to the drive kids it. to climb in to some of those. I will say at FJ Cruiser, when we had that, you had a, we had a rear-facing uh, car seat. Uh-huh. That jump door, you can freaking get oh, the kid was, in or out of the car seat. Yeah. That was rough when you have the rear-facing. Mm-hmm. Forward-facing, not a problem. Um, so, And when, when I go back and forth, the Jeep just rides different. It's a rougher ride, but it's a it's a Jeep, and you know it because it's a Jeep, and they're so capable and amazing. So I like to have both. That's my answer. I I like one of each <laughs> because the Toyotas are so comfortable and nice for some things, and super reliable, and you have all that. But the Jeeps, they're definitely fun. Yeah. And, uh, and when we say a Jeep is is a different experience. We just but. lump Lexus in with Toyota. Yeah, we yeah. do. Right? No, I because agree. They're the same. Come yeah. on. Infinity, Nissan, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's a, pr- it, like we were driving, we have the 460 that we're doing a lot. It's, it's a Prado. It's almost the you same as Prado. a Ford. Well, yeah. It looks just like the Forerunner to me on the inside. Mm-hmm. Too. Like it's a Land Cruiser really Prado similar. and chassis are basically the same. I mean, they're, yeah. they're kind of the same vehicle. So how's that market for you guys? It. Are people starting to, I mean, are you done it's, building stuff and getting stuff ready for it's those growing. Lexuses? No, yeah. I mean, and we're, we're behind actually just with everything that's going on. We've been behind the, the GX. I've got a 470 behind me that we're, we're getting built right now. Um, we got to have that done very shortly. Um, we've also been holding off on, there's, there's a model year of the 460s, which was just weird. I don't know what Toyota was doing in these years or what changed but it was like toyota had three years there which was i think 2010 11 or uh was it 10 11 12 or 10 to 13 or somewhere in there it was like they just didn't um they had an identity crisis almost it was like (laughs) they had because normally toyota doesn't do this normally toyota does something and they kind of stick with it it for a long long time. time yep and and they did on on this one so it was with the forerunner and with the um with the Lexus GXs. I don't know, and it might've been also with the, the 570s, but um, I'm not sure what it was, but they, they went from a, a pretty comfortable design, some kind of classic Toyota where they went all of a sudden very different. Like you saw the GXs have, then had the, the year after the 14, they have that kind of weird kind of uh-huh. hourglass kind of shape yeah. on the front end. Yep. They did some some interesting changes. So they kind of have those three years that, um, like on the Forerunner, we don't do a bumper for those three years. Um, we don't do a front bumper. We do um, we do a rear bumper. Our rear bumper does, it does fit. We didn't design it around it, but it happened to fit, right? So that was good. Um, so the rear of, of the vehicle's pretty similar. We were able to make them match up. The front is completely different on those Lexuses. So is so. that current year too that you guys are dealing with too? Yeah. So it, it covers what we have does cover the current model year oh, good. completely front to back. Um, it's just only the, the front bumpers that we're working on and the older models, the so 470s. With your guys' Lexus clientele, are you seeing more of 
new product going out to these people because they're so expensive or are you seeing people that have bought ones that are older that have some miles on them what are you guys seeing it's mostly the people it's it's people that have put miles on them or buying used ones mm-hmm. it's mostly that um I, I i mean i don't know that we've seen a lot of people um that have either have new lexuses or have bought new lexuses but mm-hmm. um you know what's pretty amazing is that they don't keep their value quite the same as other Toyotas yeah. do. No, not Land Cruisers. Like, so, and that was my next, I was going to come up with, I was going to ask you about the Land Cruisers, the 80s and the, like, like you have one outside the, and I'm not sure what year. That's a 200 series. Uh, okay. Yeah. Or current, and see, they're not bringing them in to the States anymore, you know yeah. that? Yeah. No, I've heard the price jumped. As soon as they announced that they were not going to be mm-hmm. doing a 300 series Land Cruiser, mm-hmm. just the price jumped and, and stayed up. Do you do stuff with those? Uh, we haven't yet. Um, the reason why is because they only import about, they only were importing 1200 into the U S market per year. Oh, wow. So it's not a lot. And then the people that were buying them weren't really buying them for off-roading, even though they are extremely Mm -hmm. capable, well-built. I mean, they're, they're amazing machines. Uh, most people aren't buying them for that. Right. My favorite, see, my favorite is 80. I love the older one. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Love the 80. And I'd love to take it out, get rid of that motor and put a real motor in, but you can fit 37s on them with a small lift Mm -hmm. and. Because the Lexus has an 82, but I don't know what that, what the difference is. Yeah, I can't remember what it is. But again, I, that was my favorite one of all the Land Cruisers. I yeah. loved that year. Yeah, I did too. It was probably my favorite too. All bubbly. And what was that, 84, 85? No, the, 80, the 80 series was 90, uh, I think 92, 91. Yeah, oh, it started okay. in 91 and went to, I think, 97. That's right. That is, I, I think, think you're right. I think that's what it was. I love that. Yeah. that yeah. Those are awesome. And um, they did uh, they did a 40th anniversary edition, I think, or maybe it was 60th anniversary edition. I can't. No, no, no. I'm getting my Jeep and my yeah. Okay, I'm getting mixed <laughs> up between and Jeep and, and okay. It was a 40th anniversary edition Land Cruiser, mm-hmm. which was uh, they were really cool. I gotta wonder. Like, I want to have. I'm gonna see if I can get him on here, but I'd like to get Greg Miller on here because I mean, I just want to know what went through his head to build the. Land Cruiser Heritage, Heritage Museum. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what was it that made him go? He just, oh, not, he's it? always been a cruiser guy. He's a oh, huge cruiser huge guy. Huge cruiser guy. Yeah. But so. it's just, I mean, that building's big. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of cruisers in there, man. <laughs> and it's just, it's funny cause, to think about it because I'm like, do you think if you went to Japan, there would be anything like that? Probably not. I mean, I bet he has more Land Cruisers than Toyota has. Probably. Like, of, of a varying thing. Mm-hmm. You would think Toyota would have all those and, you know, some you know, air controlled hangar somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Some secret, mm-hmm. secret place. But I bet he has more than they do. <laughs> Probably. So I'll have to see if I can get him on. But well, that was a good chat. Should we keep chatting? Whatever. How long have we been doing this for? We've been going for an hour. <laughs> That's pretty good. Normally we only go a half hour, right? Well, but we're having a good chat. Lots yeah. to talk about. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of good things to talk about. You can always edit it. Change it out, figure we'll it out. We'll probably just do like a full, we'll do a full episode mm-hmm. and then no, I think do some great. segments, right? I just think it's important that people know what's going on and not just in your industry, but everything. And yeah. I think everybody's dealing with the same stuff right now. Yeah. yeah. Whether it be new vehicles or whether it be a shortage in houses or shortage in steel. I mean, I think people are just like, what's next? Mm-hmm. I think that's really what people are wanting to see. And I think you doing this podcast i think it's great i think you know the first episode you guys was great and i think you're just going to keep going with it because we just need to know what's going on with life yeah because it really is 
going to be crazy for the next couple of years. It is. It's going to be very crazy. And so, and, and I don't want things to change, but it will. Yeah. It will. When you say change. I, I think the economy is going to drop a little bit. I think, um, we're, in, in I think, coming I think, years? I think we're in a bubble, yeah. a pretty heavy bubble. No, we're, mm-hmm. we are definitely in a bubble, but I don't think it's going to crash like it did in, you know, Oh seven ish. That was, Oh um, seven was wild. Way wild. And, the, the difference is, you know, in, in my industry is you actually have to qualify for houses where in 07, if you breathe, you could get a loan. Yeah. Um, you actually have to qualify now. So I think that's really going to help out at least my market. One of the things that scares me is the auto industry. I've been around that all my life because uh, of my father. So I know more than most on that. I don't say, but the way they're lending on cars right now, 84 108 months on cars on autos now are they really oh yeah 108 yeah I that's heard, a I thing heard, i heard that i heard now car and i know they're doing 84 yeah 84 is pretty long but yeah. i heard i heard somebody did 108 and i don't know if that's right or not hmm. but but 84 months on a on a car yeah one it's a new car you go off the lot you already lost 10 grand minimum yeah, yeah. and so there i mean then what happens mm-hmm. so i think the auto industry is going to have a huge correction on their loans hmm. personally i don't know again i'm just guessing on that but you know 60 months 72 months now they're going 84 months if they go 96 months hmm. i mean you, you know you go 96 months or more that's usually a rv or something yeah right. which is you know that's normal you see that but well we were just talking about we were talking about the trx right mm-hmm. i mean and here's the thing this vehicle gets eight to 12 miles to the gallon if you know what i mean if you're you're lucky lucky, you know what i mean (laughs) like um i mean it looks amazing and it's it's very purpose-built but it's amazing it's like they're hard to get they're gonna be hard to get for Mm -hmm. a while and the prices are so high on them right um but even before that was happening the trx is just kind of in almost a sense it's an anomaly before that you had um raptor well the raptor but i mean this this Denali behind me. Oh yeah. Right? That thing, um, $82,000, right? right? Ford has some trucks that are a hundred thousand dollars. Well, the new grand Wagoneer that's coming out from Jeep is a yeah. hundred thousand. Yeah. They're the loaded Crazy. ones, a hundred plus thousand. See it, it, And this is, this is, I think what ties into the finance component of it, wow. which is very, how do you afford it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do you afford it? Well, how does somebody afford it? Well, they get yeah 100 and how many months do you say 108 months i don't know if they're getting 100 but 86 i mean i'm some of those well even eight, still even if we're saying yeah 96 month loan, loan on a car yeah like are you gonna keep it that long no i mean it's it's just it it's kind of crazy it's it's weird to me because it's like maybe i worry about the ownership part of it right mm-hmm. is ownership just kind of going to leave our peripheral completely you know what i mean that desire to actually own your own vehicle or own your own house or is it just going to be like we're pretend renting for a while you know well i know a lot of stuff's changing for like my wife's industry um for what she does and with all these electric cars and self-driving cars that are coming out they really think that that's going to take away a lot of you know a lot of stuff mm-hmm. you know and i don't know the year on this so i'm going to guess on this but california passed that law that they're not going to sell any more gas engines after i i don't know the year i think it was like 2034 no more gas engines sold there. Yeah. No, that's and, what they're saying. And, and I'm, I don't know the year, yeah. but I'm just, you know, I yeah. heard something like that. And, and so, GM basically said, yeah, we're, we're not going to produce any gas engines at this date. Yeah. Which I, I kind of find bizarre, personally. Well, what I have a hard time with is then we turn into the batteries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do we dispose of them? Yeah. And do we, 
because I mean I know they can recycle some of them, but I don't know enough about that process. Yeah, and that's like, interesting. Like, is it how does it work? Is it a good process? Like, it, I it's interesting. I just don't. There's a lot of stuff that I find kind of I'm like, hmm, I don't know if that's the best route with that. I mean, think about this. Just in the off-road industry, I mean, okay, so right now you're going out in the middle of nowhere. You just take a jerry can, mm-hmm. right? You take a couple cans with you to you know get you from A to Z if you run out of gas, right? You're not going to like whip out a solar panel and charge a car. No, you have to bring out, out a there. generator and start you know it I mean? up. And to- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you know what I mean? Over. Yeah. It's, so that's what's weird to me is I just don't, uh, the infrastructure and just the infrastructure that will be required. I mean, right now you go up to a gas station, you're there for five minutes, fill up your tank, and then you're out. Um, there's got to be a lot of infrastructure. If everything goes electric, um, you've got your home that, yeah, great. Now you can charge from your home. That's actually pretty, it's pretty successful if you're just charging at um, your, your house, right? Mm-hmm. And you're, you're commuting daily, right? But what happens when you're driving a thousand miles? They're, now, they're building, Tesla is actually building charging stations all across the country. They just finished one in the Smith's parking lot of 123rd. Did they really? Mm-hmm. And they're doing that all over. They're trying to find places and they're paying people to do these charging stations, but then mm-hmm. what's hard about that is those are Tesla. Right. Right. Tesla won't let other, the way they, did, the way they've got their the stuff they've set, got up. set up, you can only charge Teslas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so, going to be my bet is that becomes something where the government, some sort of a, there's got to be, yeah, I don't know, but right some now sort of legislation occurs, something universal happens and mm-hmm. then everyone starts using the same plug and, and everybody does except for Tesla. From what I understand, I really? don't know. Yeah, but I don't know that. Tesla's for sure. just a holdout for now. Mm-hmm. Of course. Well, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. So back to the expensive cars. I mean, everything's that expensive now. I yeah, mean, it's crazy. You know, yeah. uh, um, Escalade, hundred and ten, hundred twenty thousand. Are months. they really? Mm-hmm. You would know that because you're. No, I have a Denali. I don't you have it. <laughs> <laughs> but again, those those are gone up. Uh, those went up, I think, uh, seven thousand um, from when I bought mine. Really? Ones in 19, because they changed new body style, independent rear suspension. They changed a lot of stuff on the new ones, and they're, they're great. But, again, everything just keeps going up. Wow. You know? Mm. So we'll just see. We'll see how it goes. And, ha- and the problem is how can you afford these? Yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah. Well, and I, there's got to be. I just don't. There's got to be some sort of a correction. Like mm-hmm. you kind of said that. Market corrections are just part of life, mm-hmm. right? And bubbles are bubbles, right? Whether it's the housing market or whether it's any other market, bubbles just yeah. happen, yep. right? And then they, and then there's corrections, and then kind of things settle down, and then they they relax. But it's very interesting because we've had such a steady growth rate for so long. There's so much money being pumped into the economy, um, and uh, COVID has caused everything to be so strange. So it's a matter of what's going to happen, right? How's it all going to come in together? So. When, particularly when COVID ends, right? If we reach an end to it, or if it just fizzles on for years and years, which it could. It could. It's a flu. I mean, you know? They've mm-hmm. said it's a flu. So, I mean, it's going to be a every year COVID shot, just like a flu shot, I'm sure. I mean, who knows? Yeah. I kind of hope not, but yeah, we'll yeah. see. COVID, COVID, I mean, I just don't, I don't think it's going to be as bad as how the flu was, mm-hmm. right? The flu and... Another thing with, I mean, I think they'll just put COVID in the flu shots. I think that's what it'll be. It'll just be one shot for everything. One shot for everything. And, you know, the people that need to get it should should get it, right? People mm-hmm. that are at high risk and everything like that. Yeah. You know? So, because 
yeah it'll wipe it'll wipe you out man which is the rough reality but but anyway okay that was a nice little <laughs> we hit a little well tyler thanks for coming on no it's great thanks it's for having like an me. hour this, I mean, this is our longest show so far. Well, good. No. We've only done two shows. <laughs> hey, I'm in. Right. I'll you come back whenever you want yeah. because, uh, you know, I appreciate it. And uh, you guys, again, good friends. And uh, I appreciate the opportunity. And uh, you guys do a great business. And uh, uh, it's appreciated, at least on my half. I appreciate you guys a lot. Yeah. Thank you. Um, what are we going to build for SEMA? You going to you gonna get involved or? Probably. I don't know. I've been debating on a Jeep. Yeah. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't think a Bronco will be out by then, ready to go. Probably not for you to grab. Right. Um, I mean, I have connections, but again, how quick could we build something and fabricate it and all that stuff? Because everything's last minute. We know that. We get them here and we're waiting for this and that. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll do another Jeep. We'll do a Wrangler or we'll do a Gladiator. I think you need to get yourself a Gladiator. (laughs) But I need a real truck. (laughs) It's a truck. It has a bed. Yes, but my Denali pulls the Razor better than a Gladiator would. Well, okay, maybe. (laughs) We don't know that for sure. Uh, Have you tried that? Let's see. Dude, I'm running 38s on my Gladiator. 38s, dude, and I've got power. I have a 6.2 liter in my Denali. Okay. (laughs) So I have 450 horses in that thing. So, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) sure. But 10-speed transmission. Okay. And I'm still getting 17 miles a gallon. Okay. <laughs> but so, so are you talking about you would replace your Denali? Uh, no, I, I, I would probably replace Denali and get something. I have to have a nice car for what I do. Right. So I'd just get something smaller with better gas mileage, but that's why I'm looking at a truck. I'll still have a Jeep or something, but. Then why not get a Gladiator? <laughs> it's like two feet longer than a JL. It won't fit in my third car garage. I don't know that I believe that. I do, because the, the old owner had one, and he wouldn't fit. He tried it for me. Really? Mm-hmm. And, and my, I bought a new house, so I'm not, I'm not in Draper what anymore. What kind of so. third-car garage is that? I know. If you, well, no, That's... if you saw the house, you'd see because the, the previous owners, yeah, it had a really long RV garage, and they made the front room bigger. So okay. it's, it really is cool. And so they made it smaller to extend the house, which it's okay. It's pretty But cool. what are we going to fit in there, dude? A Wrangler will fit. My Wrangler? Ra- my Razor fits. Okay. So. Well. See, right. Razor prices are nuts, too. And we, we go all day off. I, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's a whole other podcast. We're not. That I, is uh, a whole But other. I'm just saying. I, I mean, I it just understand. goes there. It's, yeah. That whole thing is. It's crazy. We'll, we'll talk about that one day if you guys want. But that's. Yeah. I got into that. And I'm, I'm into that thing as much as the Jeep. Yeah, I can. Yeah, we'll have it. to we'll have to have a chat on that someday. Yeah, because yeah. I don't know if I quite understand that whole craze. I'm still learning. Are you? It's interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. We've seen some weird stuff. We've seen some <laughs> stuff that makes me wonder. But the pricing is just. Uh, I mean, I couldn't. There. No, people are spending thirty thousand dollars just to get the. It was Thirty-two you know? nine for the first machine. Yeah, and then the day you buy it, if you're gonna do any sort of rock crawling, whatever, you're adding another ten grand before you put thirty fives on it. Yeah, yeah. So, so you'll have to tell me why you, you did that Jeep? instead of a Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> well, trust me, it was. Uh, you know, we, can talk, <laughs> we can talk about that offline if you want, because that's a whole other. Because <laughs> I have friends that have razors, and none of my none of my Jeep friends go out anymore, and so I have a bunch of guys I mountain bike with and all that stuff, and they all have razors, mm-hmm. so. It was something, so I could just still go out and have some fun. You need to find some more friends. <laughs> <laughs> you need t- more Jeep I don't have time. 
<laughs> you need so, to convert your razor we'll, we'll friends. Have to, to yeah, change. you got to get That's them on the right path. Yeah. But I don't know. It's fine. I, I'm sure it is. It's yeah. fun. The speed. It's, it's their speed. And they crawl really well. Do they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I had mine. I mean, you know me. I never keep anything stock. So. Yeah. Um, although I, what I don't like is that there's no clearance on it. I'm used to. I'm a rock crawler. So when I do things, when I go things, I hit certain lines. It's just you do that. And on this, it doesn't sit. Mm. I'm scraping belly. I'm doing, and so I'm get frustrated because I'm not used to how it is. So mm. I'm actually changing it and put 35s on mine just so I have a little more clearance. Really? Crazy. Yeah, that's probably what I'd end up having to do. I'd like to put 37s on, but that's, that's a lot more money. Mm. Is it? A lot. I mean, really? it, it literally goes. It it it's cheaper to do a lift, a full TerraFlex, most expensive TerraFlex lift on a Jeep. Yeah, it's cheaper to do that than it, w- it will be to do a Razor. Hmm. <laughs> with shots that's why i'll just stick, stick with, with jeeps, jeeps. <laughs> <laughs> apparently that's what's happening okay so, anyways so no again thank you very much for having yes, me on thank thanks you. for being on that's yeah awesome. it's a good show we'll grab you again um let's see if we can get clay on yeah let me know fun. and we'll yeah. uh, do that no problem we'll have we'll have all four of us here at the table and have a nice conversation. Perfect. It'll be awesome. Okay. Cool. Thanks for being on, Tyler. No problem. Thanks for Thank watching, you everybody, or listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.